with that. So um, we have been in a, a sermon series uh, we're calling Connecting with God, Building a Deep Relationship with the Creator of the Universe. Uh, and a lot of this just comes out of my own sense that, that people need to connect with God. I, and I, in some ways I think it's harder today uh, than in years past. When I was growing up, you were in church about every other day and twice or three times on Sundays. Anyone remember those days, you know? Um, and so, uh, so th it was kind of built into the system and our culture kind of supported that. And we live in a very different world uh, today, uh, and so it, it, it's important that we, we, we connect uh, with the, the creator of the universe, uh, and it keeps us from getting dry spiritually. And so um, the, the verse we've been using is, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Let's say that together. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And the reference is James 4, uh, 8, who was Jesus' brother. So if anybody had trouble with this, it was Jesus. Can you imagine having to confess that your brother is king of kings and lord of lords, right? Bunch of you with brothers going, that ain't happening, man. <laughs> so um, we've been, been kind of talking about uh, this part of it. And, and, and we kind of started out with spiritual disciplines. And now we're kind of moving into some more specific kinds of areas. And this is what I kind of think of as spiritual love languages. Y'all guys know what love languages are, right? That people communicate their love differently and they receive love differently. The same applies in the, in the spiritual realm. Uh, we all have different ways that we connect with God. And we've kind of been talking about the head and the hands and the heart. Uh, and, and we all participate in all of these. You all need to be a part of and connecting with God through all of these. But there will be one that's probably the best for you and maybe another one that, that's kind of in there too. And then maybe the third one's like, eh, I don't know. You know but, but we need to be a part of all of uh, these. Uh, and so... Um, so what we're going to talk about today is connecting to God with our heart, or what I call our emotions. Uh, and so here's the good news. This is going to be a light and fun sermon. <laughs> I expected rousing amens on that one. It's like, wow, finally, you know, get done with all of this. So um, um, when we talk about this one, the, the emotional part of it, uh, this, this is the part that, that, that we enjoy. This is the part I, I see some of you out there, you know, the music's going and you're kind of swaying a little bit. Some of you kind of got that, that in you. Sometimes we have a little girl in the back back here that, that, that dances. She's about, I don't know, two, three, anyone how old she is. So she, she's, she's got rhythm, man. She's going she's gonna to do it. And, you know, uh, some of you uh, do it in all kinds of different ways, but but there's a sense in which we need to connect to God with our emotions. Sometimes you just need to feel like God is close, amen? And, and so uh, we, we want to talk about that. And, and I know whenever I, I get to this kind of message, uh, and because I'm a head kind of guy, sometimes we regard it with a little suspicion, right? You know, uh, I don't know. There's, and and, and in, there's been excesses, uh, that's, that's for sure. And, and honestly, preachers and churches have used emotions to manipulate people, and, and you can sometimes draw a great crowd by doing that, you know. Um, but here's what I know for sure. Two things. Emotions are powerful, and emotions were created by God. And so I'd like to tell people, because I'm a head person, God gave you a brain, he expects you to use it. Well, God gave us emotions, and he expects us to feel them and experience them. And so uh, this is kind of the area we want to talk about a little bit today. So here's my question for you. What makes your heart connect with God? And just, just toss it out. What? Nature, absolutely. You get out in nature in the mountains, at least in this part of the country, you go out the, the door and, and you can just see God everywhere. I, you lived in the Midwest for a long time and it was kind of out the door and like, oh, you know. So uh, that was a hard adjustment for a kid that grew up here. What else? Situations, okay? Prayer, music. 
Ooh, music, let's, let's pause on the music one. T -t give me your favorite, your favorite Christian song. Just a closer walk. Grace thy faithfulness. Ten that what? Ten thousand reasons. Amazing grace. How great thou art. Grace thy faithfulness. Yeah, we, 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 we all have those songs that for whatever reason they just connect us with God. Amen? Right, you know, and, and, and some people it's like hymns, you know, and that's their thing, you know, and other people it's like modern praise music, and, and, uh, and I had a weird thing go on when I was in, in radiation. Um, they play a little music while they're doing that, you know, and so they always ask you, and typically I say jazz, you know, because it's just it's relaxing, that sort of thing. They found out I was a preacher, and one of the technicians said, hey, we got this guy that comes in like really early before you do, and he listens to Gregorian chants. Would you like to listen to Gregorian chants, you know? <laughs> Woohoo! You know what I discovered? I like Gregorian chants. <laughs> it was cool. And so I've been kind of listening to them. I kind of connect my heart to God. It's really weird, I know. But, you know, at some point, Gregorian chants were like contemporary music, you know. A big, big hassle about all of that. So, so what else? Anything else that connects you to God? Serving others. There's a service person. So we all have ways that, that it connects us in some sort of way, whether it be music, whether singing or playing or listening. Aren't you glad for our, our worship team that, that connects to God with their hearts, you know, through, through music? Uh, whether it, it be, you know, relationships, some other ways that connect. Yeah, yay for them. Um, laughter connects me to God. I, I think laughter is a gift from God, amen? Yeah, and so art connects me to God in all its forms and nature. And, and my son, poetry connects my son to God, which is really interesting. That must come from the Roth side of the family. But um, that connects him. Or, or children playing connect me with God. Maybe that's just my stage in life. But little kids, just you just see God in the midst of all of that. Uh, loving families, silliness, joy, all of those sorts of things. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 100. Uh, and when I was kind of trying to figure out what passage we were going to work out of this morning, one of the things I discovered is there are a whole ton of scripture about this connecting with your emotions. In fact, there's a book in the Bible called the book of Psalms that just is pretty much that whole thing, both positively and when you're down and all of those sorts of pieces. So I thought I'd go to something that's just common that we know really well, and th this is just a, a great passage. So um, let's, let's read this together, okay? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, God, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. And so I want you to notice some uh, words, and I'm going to back up just a bit. Look, at, look in here, we have words like joyful, and, and joyful noise. Aren't you glad that, that even those of us that struggle with singing get to make a joyful noise? This was like my dad's life verse, because he could not match a tone on the piano. He's like, it says to make a joyful noise, and he thought it said make a loud joyful noise somewhere in there. And so, make a joyful noise, gladness, singing. Uh, in, in the next one, we, we get things like thanksgiving and praise and, and blessing God. You know, in some ways, when we kind of read this flat, you know, make a joyful noise to the Lord. 
That is almost sacrilege. We should be like shouting and, and getting excited about this. Because, you know, it goes on to say, you know, God is good. There's this enduring love. There's this faithfulness. And, and not a faithfulness just to you, but to your children and to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. To all generations that are a part of this. And, and this isn't just for the worship service, although I love connecting to God in worship service. I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, so the more people, the happier I am, you know. But, but it's also a connecting to God outside of it. This wasn't just for worship. When, when you go out into the mountains, you know, and you look around and you go, wow, God is good. That, that's what this is talking about in all of this. It's, it's how we connect to God. How, how many of you can't connect to God through nature? You just... Yeah, that's easier to do in this part of the country. Here, here's your life verse. Um, Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies above proclaim his handiwork. You know, all you that connect like that, you should memorize this verse. Because when you go out in nature, you can just say it. It can just be your prayer, you know. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. That, that God is there in the midst of all of it. And, and standing in beautiful places, there's just something about that that connects us we're designed to be like that and here's what I know about this when I kind of try to break this down this is what I know um, heart people's word is beauty beauty hands people are service and next week we'll talk about head people and our our word is truth but but heart people your word is is beauty you you see it everywhere you you see God's beauty in fact in places where where the rest of us tend to to miss it we tend not to see it and and, and you you get it you look around you see there's God there's God in fact uh, when I was in seminary they have a, a thing they they teach us uh, it's called Naming God in the World. And one of my tasks is to name God in the world, in, in your world. So you'll be doing something, and, and uh, so some of you will be serve, or you talk about ways where you did something. And I'll, I will say, that's the kingdom of God on earth. I, I'm naming God in, in your life. Uh, and, and you beauty people, you are really good at seeing God. You, you go, there is God in, in all of that. And so um, heart people know deep in their souls that God is an artist. Aren't you glad God's an artist? I'm glad, I'm glad he's an engineer. You know, I got a son that that's a chem, does the chemistry thing, and he can tell you all about all the particles and the things and how that all goes together, and my eyes glass over, basically, you know. But man, I go out and I, I go down I-5. You know that corner where you turn it, and if it's clear, you, you know, Mount Rainier shows up? If that don't bless you, your wood's wet. Something's wrong. You know, there, there, there's something about that when you just you see God in that. And so, uh, you you folks that, that are you primarily connect with your heart, you understand in a way that it's hard for some of the rest of us that God is an artist. And artists have this tendency to see beauty where everybody else sees junk. Have you noticed that? They just see stuff like that. And, and this really came home to me when I came to this church because we have a photographer in our church that, that focuses on what I would call artistic kinds of pictures uh, in, in Todd, who's, who's over here. Uh, and so here, here's, here's just a little thing for me. I do not like junky cars in, in the front yard. Anyone else agree? Yeah, I, I, I don't like junky cars. And I don't want to be mean about that, but... I lived in a neighborhood once where, yeah. Anyway, um, so so when I see a, a junky car in a in a in the lawn, I think junk. Somebody needs to call code enforcement, right? You know, not that I would ever call code enforcement, but somebody needs to call code enforcement in that. So here here's what Todd sees. Yeah. Uh, next slide. I think my things have a little trouble here. Next slide. 
Isn't that, isn't that something? I, I look at that, if I would look at that, if I was not seeing that through Todd's lens, I would go, that is junk. Why has somebody got that there? Next slide. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that cool, you know? Next slide. Isn't it amazing what he does with that? He's an artist. He sees beauty where I see junk. Next slide. This one, this one's so cool. Can you imagine a wrecker in someone's front yard? You know, it's like, golly. And and my personal favorite, next slide. <laughs> Artists see beauty where everybody else sees junk, okay? And and Todd illustrates that pretty well for us uh, in, in, in what he does. Uh, and so um, this applies in the spiritual realm. Next slide. Um, in that God sees beauty in people that others miss. You know, we, we look at people sometimes and we think, wow, what's their problem? And they're, you know, and, and, and we have a hard time sometimes seeing beauty. But God, God sees beauty. And another person in our church really, really helped me uh, with this. And... Um, and, and that's uh, Christina, who, who works with our homeless ministry. If you haven't met Christina Badger, you need to meet Christina, because she's, she's, a, she's a connect with her heart kind of person, right? Uh, and, and one of the great things about being around these people is when you hang around with people who connect with their heart, they always just make you feel better. They're always just they're positive about God. And so she works with the homeless people, and sometimes it's hard to see God in homeless people. You know, the outside is messed up, and their life choices have kind of caught up with them sometimes, and, and sometimes they haven't had a shower for quite a while, and sometimes they have social behaviors that aren't very good, and, and there's all kinds of things like that. And it's really easy to look at them and see junk. And, and Christina says something that I've just, I've tried to make a part of my life. And this is what she says often about people like that. She will come to me, we'll be talking about, and she'll say, they have a beautiful soul. I thought, wow, she's a theologian. <laughs> they have a beautiful soul. And I, I can say, Lord, help me see people like that. Help me see the beauty that, that are in those people. God, God sees beauty in people that, that others miss in so many ways. In fact, every human being is a custom piece of art straight from the hand of God. Every single person is custom image uh, of God. And, and you're a part of the, the big creation picture. You have never locked eyes with someone that wasn't custom designed by God. And it may be that the sinful, broken world we live in has broken them and tarnished them and done all kinds of stuff to them, but they are still God's artwork. Amen? You know what I've discovered about artists? They're always proud of their art. Amen? You ever met an artist that went, nah, I don't like that, you know? They won't show it to you if they don't like it. Whatever they create is wonderful. And so I just want you to know this. If you think you're a broken piece of art... God is still proud of what he created in you. You, you are his. You're, you're a part of it. He loves his art, okay? And so beauty is a gift from God to us and an express lane to his presence. Yeah, it's, it's the way to get right into his presence when you, when you kind of connect with the art of, that is God. Because we're all created in his image. We're a part of this big sort of thing. In fact, how, how many of you have pictures of people in your house somewhere? So you have pictures of God's artwork. Think about that. Those people, those are artwork. You, you all have pictures of God's artwork. How many of you have pictures of like mountains and stuff like that? 
Yeah, that's the, that's the lesser artwork, right? And it's so beautiful. And so um, the, the beauty is a part of what God wants to do. It's the express line. God didn't have to make the world beautiful. You know that, right? He could have made it ugly, you know, which would have meant I would have reflected God a little better because I'm no good with art at all, you know. He, he could have made it just functional. What if, what if music was, was painful or mountains and waterfalls were ugly or, or children's laughter was irritate? Well, sometimes it is, but, but mostly it's not, you know. He chose to make creation wonderful. In fact, it begins with the very story. You remember where we created? The Garden of Eden, Amen. We started out that we were to be there to enjoy what he had done. And so um, scripture uh, instructs us to do more than just admire beauty. We are to engage it. And this is a big part of the spiritual part of that helps us move closer to God when we engage uh, beauty. So let's look at Psalms uh, 100 again. See, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. Those are all action words. Where we engage what, what he has done. And then in the next verse, enter his gates with thanksgiving and, and his courts with praise and give thanks to him and bless his name. And so there's this whole idea of just engaging the beauty around it. Not just observing it, but participating in it, becoming a part of it. I really think this is a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like, don't you? You think this world is beautiful and it's fallen. Imagine what heaven's, what the new earth is going to be like. You know, and, and it's, it's going to be a wonderful thing. Joy, gladness, singing, all of those good things. And so I know uh, that, that when we engage, when we draw close to God, uh, we draw close to God when we engage beauty. All of us do this, when we get involved with it. Uh, and it, it's hard for some of us who are super practical, okay, you know, uh, but, but for all of us, when you engage beauty, whatever that looks like in your world, for, for some of you guys, it, it's fishing, okay? So some of you just being out on the water in the midst of it, you just look around and if you open your eyes a bit, you see God. You see God in all the things that are going on, you know. You see God in a fish. Can you imagine? And, and you should be thankful that you live out here because I lived in the Midwest and I caught a catfish and I was used to catching salmon and that is not a pretty fish, you know. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, honestly, it's just easier to see God in a king salmon than it is in a catfish. So it just... My friends uh, from Midwest, if you're listening, sorry, but it's truth. <laughs> so uh, we, we want to engage. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about ways to draw close to God by engaging uh, beauty in, in our lives. And so I just want to give some practical things. So, so here's where I'm violating the very principle I'm talking about, right? Because after we talk about beauty, now I'm going to give you practical steps for how to do beauty, okay? And that's just because I'm a head guy, so sorry. Going to have to live with it. <laughs> so number one. Pause, slow down, stop. Pause, slow down, stop. This is hard for me. I'm a goer and a doer. And I, I just sitting down and doing nothing, I, usually that's because I'm exhausted. Because I just, if I have energy, I, I, I want to go. But, but th this week I was kind of messing around with this sort of thing. And Okay, a little confession. God spoke to me in the McDonald's drive-thru line. I know that seems like sacrilege, but God did. And you know what he said? There is no beauty drive-thru. Right? I'll take a you know, quarter pounder and a fries and a Coke and a side order of beauty. 
It, it doesn't work like that. There's no, there's no fast way to get at this. It, it, it's not like, you know, microwave popcorn. Isn't microwave popcorn one of the greatest inventions of all time? You know, you don't got to deal with all that grease. You pop it in there. And now that ours, ours has, you don't even have to figure out how much time. You just hit the popcorn button and go and it's, it's done, you know. We, we live in a world where we want to microwave everything. You, you can't microwave connection to God. Beauty takes time. You have to stop and, and, and give God time to speak into your heart. So pause, slow down, stop. So let's say this because I think this is hard for our generation. Pause, slow down, stop. Okay, look at the person next to you say, pause, slow down, stop. How many of you are feeling guilt right now besides me? You know? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's hard for us. So, so the next one is uh, you have to seek it out. Sometimes you have to be intentional, uh, intentional at looking for beauty. You know, you have to, to go and say, okay, I'm, I need to connect with God. I, one, of my, one of my prayers is, and again, I'm not being sacrilegious, one of my prayers to God is often, hit me with your best shot, you know. Show me, Lord, what, what it is that, that, that's out there. Sometimes you have to take time for it and go. You have to look for it in, in, in sometimes in worship music and, and, and on the mountains and, and all of those sorts of things. It is so easy, okay? We, we live by clocks. In fact, there's a countdown clock at the back of the sanctuary to keep me on time, right? That we don't take time to recognize what is already around us. And so we have to be in, intentional about it. And, and then breathe it in. Drink it in. Spend an awkwardly long time with it. Spend an awkwardly long time with beauty. One of the things I, I try to do every year, I haven't done it for the last couple of years, but I try to go back to Grays Harbor where I, where I grew up. And there's not a lot of beauty in Grays Harbor in terms of the, the Aberdeen. It's just kind of going down. But one of my very favorite places in the whole world is I go to the Westport Beach because that's the one I was at. And I go to the jetty out there. I used to run up and down that jetty. I was an idiot. Um, and, and, I, and I sit there and I watch the waves come in. And they got surfers now. Who surfs in 50-degree weather? But they do. And, and at first it, it was hard because I'm ADHD. And about two and a half minutes in, I'm like, okay, I'm done. But, but the Lord kind of spoke to me about staying for an awkwardly long time. And what I discovered was when I stayed for hours rather than minutes, that God just did this refreshing, fulfilling that I saw him in ways I never saw. I took time to breathe it in and exhale all of that stuff that is like. Spend an awkwardly long time with it. And, and then pray with your eyes and ears open. Look, look at the beauty around you and say, God, you did a great job with this. God, I, I so appreciate the mountains. I so appreciate the water. I so appreciate my grandchildren getting to watch them play. Thanksgiving is a great time to see beauty in your grandchildren, amen? In the, in, in the small little ones uh, that, that are around you. Pray out loud with your, with your eyes open in, in the midst of beauty. And then um, sing, or as my dad would do, make a joyful noise if you can't sing, okay? But, but, but sing, sing, sing loud, sing long. There's a song about that, isn't there? What's after that? Sing something, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, so sing. Uh, get out in nature. Do it in church. You know, um, if, if there are a bunch of you that are really struggling, you don't want to sing loud because you don't sing very good, we, we can kind of create a, you know, a, a roped off section, you know, for the, for the make a joyful noise crowd or something. I don't know. But, but sing. And, and here's the really good news. Your car is a safe place for those of us, that can, except it stop signs when people look at you like, I don't know. But, <laughs> so, um, and then uh, 
uh, play your favorite Christian music. Whatever it is, just play it. The good news is you can do whatever you want. I'll just give you a secret. When I, I play music just for my own soul, it's typically hymns uh, and gospel stuff, you know. I've got a version of I'll Fly Away that just gets me going, man, you know. I'll fly away, oh, glow. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Maybe that's not your thing. <laughs> uh, but, but be a part of that. And then um, engage in corporate worship. I just want to encourage you at this point, engage in corporate worship. Um, you say, I don't know the songs. I, I, I get that. Sometimes it's hard. Here's what Psalms 96 says. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song to the Lord. Ooh, this is hard. Okay, so now you all got to say it together. Let's say it together. Sing a new song to the Lord. Yeah, that's the instruction of Scripture. Learn the new song. Uh, and then sometimes you can do things like, I hope our worship people aren't in here. But one of the things I've discovered is sometimes I don't sing and I just listen. I just close my eyes and I listen to the words. That's so powerful for me. Because all of my life I've, I've sang or played the piano or done something. Body posture matters. You know, there's research now that says actually when you're not feeling confident that if you'll straighten your back up and kind of get together like that, after a few minutes it actually increases your confidence level, you know. So we know there's this connection between our bodies and, and how we feel. So, you know, you, you'll see people like open their arms like that. That's just to, to open up and say kind of, God, come in. It is hard to worship God like this. And I've seen some of you try, okay, so, you know. Like this, some some of you raise your hands, you know, you're you're some of you sway back and forth and and all of that, and, and everybody does it different. Some of you kind of come from a charismatic background, that raising your hands and swaying sort of thing. If you thought you'd get away with it, you'd be in the aisle dancing, you know. Some of you come from a Lutheran background. If you get your hand up off the pew in front of you, you're being blessed like crazy, you know. It's just like, wow, we and all, and all that. So, so participate, get involved in. Don't don't just sit there. God wants to meet you in, in, in these moments. And then um, practice Sabbath rest. Step back. Uh, contemplate God. Give time set aside for him. Scripture tells us to meditate on, on his word. Uh, and then uh, tell your God stories. This is, this is so important, especially for grandparents. You need to tell your children and your grandchildren the stories of what God has done in your life. They need to know how you became a follower of Jesus. They need to know about that time when you totally surrendered and let God took control, take control. They need to know about the time God intervened in your life to save you or preserve you or heal you or all of those sorts of things. They need to know your God stories. This will bless you and it will bless them. Tell your God stories to your children and your grandchildren. In fact, I have reached the stage in my life where I have come to believe if your children and your grandchildren do not know your God stories, that is parental malpractice, certainly on a spiritual level. It's powerful. Share those stories uh, to them. Because hear this, they can doubt other people's stories. They can doubt the stories they hear on TV and all of that. They cannot doubt the ones that mom and dad tell them because they know mom and dad wouldn't lie to them. And so they become really powerful in their lives. And then uh, remember the things uh, that draw you close to God. Over and over again, we're told to remember, remember, remember. When we take communion, remember, remember what God has done for you. If you go through the Old Testament, just all through there, they're always saying, remember. That's why they built altars, so you would remember. Maybe you need to build some altars in your house. Uh, Knickknacks are helpful for some of that. Remember uh, what, what, is, what God has done uh, in, in your life. Maybe go back and look at the pictures on the wall that we talked about. That'll help you to remember. Look at grandchildren, all of those sorts of things, remember. And then um, be open to the unexpected. 
Uh, in so many ways, God has a way of speaking. So uh, this week I was in here walking. I, I sometimes walk around here. Uh, and, and by the way, it's 21 and a half laps for a mile. I measured it the other day around our, our sanctuary. And, and it was uh, the end of the day. And so, you know, it gets dark early. And it was, I had all the lights out. And it was pretty dark in here while I was kind of walking around. We have enough light you can kind of see. Uh, and I was kind of walking and praying. And, and I kind of walked this way for a while. And then at the end I said, I'm going to walk this way for the last couple of laps. And I was coming along the back over here, and it was very, very dark. And just as I got about to the middle and started to move through here, a cloud opened up or something, and the light hit that window, and it just kind of flooded in on me. And I had a God moment where God just spoke to me, you know. He just said, I love you, and I'm for you, and this matters, and you need to connect your heart to me. And I thought, well, that's why they built that, just for me in that moment. They built that, that, that window there. Be open to the unexpected. Be open to the unexpected. And then uh, just, just finally, um, this week's homework. I always wanted to be a teacher so I could give homework. Uh, so, so now as a preacher, I'm going to do a lot of that. Would you this week be intentionally, intentionally do something to connect your heart to God? Something intentional. If our mus- musicians could, could come, we're going to worship the Lord in giving. Uh, woohoo! Yes, absolutely. But be intentional. Find a way. I don't know whether it's remembering or telling your story or going out in nature or Christian music, whatever it is. But I want to encourage you this week. The preacher gave you permission to enjoy God this week, all right? To see beauty in some sort of way. So uh, as we prepare to worship the Lord in giving, just want to remind you, uh, this is the time to put that connection card in the offering plate. And if you're a guest, uh, we, we, we would love to have you do that. We won't put you on a mailing list. I'll just send you an email. We're so thankful uh, that, that you are with us uh, this morning. You can also give online uh, as well, either on our app or on, on the web page. Because this, the money belongs to God, amen? Everything we have is, is from him, and we give with a grateful heart and thankfulness to him. Thank you to all of us that have uh, joined us online. We're so glad that you're uh, with us as well. I know we have some of our own folks and some other folks that are, that are there. So let me uh, pray, and then we're going to celebrate getting to worship God and giving. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, that when I'm minding my own business, just walking around in the sanctuary, you do things like remind me that you're there with this simple light through a window, Father, that we can see you in nature. Thank you that you're an artist, Father. And, and I pray for those that connect to you with, with their hearts, Father, that um, you would help them to help the rest of us connect that way, Father, that we might enjoy your presence. For, for we know that's what heaven is going to be like, all the trouble and heartache and all of that is going to slip away and, and, and we are going to be with you, Father. So give us just a little taste of it, I pray, that we might connect with our hearts and our emotions, Father, to your glory and to your honor. And we ask it in Jesus' name.